0: Welcome to the Vocational Education Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Dan.
1: Well, I'm here with facilitator extraordinaire and man on a mission to be the best facilitator he can be, Mark Miles. Mark, how are you going?
0: I'm fantastic. Thank you for the intro, Dan. Excellent.
1: So, we're here today to talk about advanced facilitation and figure out what the hell that is. So, I might start with your take on it. What do you see as Advanced facilitation and how is that different to what we learn maybe in the CERT4?
0: I guess um, for me, coming out of a Cert 4 student is really getting to the, I guess, basics of creating a session plan, getting to the basics of entering a training room and starting to get used to defining a learning outcome, getting used to what are various learning, I guess, um, aids that they can use and tools and different things. But often when a trainer first starts out, they very much, they fall into the instructor role. They go Mm. to the PowerPoint. They want to, you know, make the PowerPoints all beautiful and all that. And I guess over time, as they develop confidence, they're able to walk in and be able to focus and make the transition to focusing on the audience more. And focusing on what they need and they're able to really step into um, developing deeper rapport with the audience they're able to really get the engagement really powerful they're able to really focus on retention and those are the three things that I think um, a great presenter or someone's at least committed to the journey of being a great presenter is really focused on and I think an advanced presenter walks away from a training session they ask themselves how much change did I create in that audience mm. how many different tools and tactics I? I use to actually get everybody involved and I think a great presenter and and, um, trainer knows that all of those results come back to them and their responsibility and I think someone that's just starting out in training may still blame the students, may still think it's the student's responsibility or different things like that Mm. and I think great presenters um, are really able to master the area of engagement. Engagement to mm. a science. Engagement is going, okay, how many different other ways could I present that information? How could I touch on the learning styles? How could I work with different personalities? How could I plan out my session so that optimal results are achieved by different people working with different people? And really getting the most out of a session and thinking a little bit more strategic and bigger picture. Um, and ultimately walking in, being willing to serve the audience, no matter who they are. And I know that's a bit of a long-winded explanation, but I just wanted to touch on some of those key things there and um, really bring to light that it's not what we deliver, it's what gets into the audience's mind that makes all the difference.
1: Yeah, you picked out some really good points there. Firstly, the difference between someone who's just finished the Cert for maybe they've never trained before, and this is their first foray into it. Like anybody, I I compared it to getting your P-plates once, and when you're a P-play driver in charge of the car for the very first time, yeah. that's you, uh, and this beast of a thing is around you, and you're holding on the steering wheel, and there's no one sitting next to mm. you, and you get to try it for the first time, it's all about you.
0: Yes, great yeah. point.
1: It's all about you. And I think with the Cert IV, uh again, if you've had no training experience, mm. some people do go to the Cert four with training experience. That's a bit different. But if you don't, then you're stepping out there with the peas, nice and big on your chest mm. and you're thinking to yourself, okay, do I do this? Have I got this? And with all that running through your mind, I won't say the last thing you're thinking about is the mm. students, but it's it's not at the top of the priority list. Um, so it's keeping time. It's yes. uh, am I following my session plan? Is a facilitator guide right? Um, mm. Are my PowerPoints in the right order and are they working? Oh my God, is all the tech working? You know, and, and the Suddenly, you're faced with all these students and that's all in your mind. Mm. So I totally get that point. So firstly, yeah, I don't like using the term self-centered, but you become self-centered because you're trying to get it right. Mm. But with experience, and especially when things go wrong, you start to gain that experience. uh, You reflect even though you don't realize you're reflecting because that's natural. we're actually going to talk in the professional development unit within the diploma more about how to reflect on purpose mm. um, and actually keeping a diary to do so. So I'm looking forward to, to doing that soon. Um, but every time you do that, you start to get a little bit better. And so, you know, you get off your peat plates in a couple of years and I think the same goes with training. If you're out there training relatively regularly, mm. then by the time you're, a couple of years is under your belt, you've dealt with a lot of problems you've dealt with a lot of schedule issues uh, and you've dealt with a lot of different students. Mm. And so finally you go, oh, okay, I think I I think I get this better. Yeah. Uh, the second thing you said there that I absolutely agree with was um, the student focus. Mm. Um, I, I don't think we can push that enough. Uh, if, if you're transitioning from... Uh, Maybe a few years as a trainer, and you want to get the diploma uh, or the dual diplomas that we offer, then obviously you're going into a position of seniorship within either your organization or with yourself as a consultant or however you're running your training. And at that point, I think it's uh, quite exciting to realize the difference between focusing on students and focusing on yourself because with all that experience, and then maybe training with that in mind the way you approach your training is totally different. Yes. And, and you've shown this uh, recently. Um, you've had a lot of great feedback recently from your students. And what I can read in that feedback is just how pleased they are with the effort that you went into to make it okay for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And not only is that incredibly gratifying, but the end result for the student is that, one, they've had a great experience. Two, they've walked away with learning something. And three, from a, the business point of view, they want to come back. Mm. So it's a win-win all around. So tell us more about um, maybe some of the differences in the diploma versus the Cert four that makes someone not just a senior facilitator or a better facilitator, but more rounded as a a VET
0: professional. So I think fundamentally, as someone develops in their career, new questions should be coming to mind. And I think the greatest thing about the diploma is that it starts to get people to think differently through either the research or the short answer questions people do, or the questions that they bring and discuss with their mentor. Um, I think for me, um, definitely as I've progressed along my career, I've just asked myself different questions. I've asked myself, okay, how much did the audience remember from what I've said? I've asked myself the question, How could I say that in a way that's unforgettable? I've started to look into different fields, and I think um, anyone that's, um, I guess delivering training as a trainer that really takes it seriously starts to look into other areas that maybe they hadn't looked into before they start to look into psychology they start to look into motivation they start to look into public speaking they start to look into um, how do you develop and demonstrate deep empathy with your audience and how do you actually master these key areas and i think fundamentally over my journey of about nine and a half years presenting It's been a case of when I first started out, it was all about me when I first started out, the feedback was average, and it was only until I started to let go of you know how good am I mm. to the place of how can I serve more that the feedback actually got really genuine, and that was a certainly a transition for me. But I think over time it was just asking different questions, and I think you touched on the importance of self-reflection. And certainly when I first started out, and I still continue to this day to keep that type of diary going on. But I think going through the diploma, it asked asks you to think bigger and it asks you to think about, well, what are learning theories? And not just knowing a theory, but how are you applying it? Mm. And I think fundamentally, let's look at the Australian Qualifications Framework. The Cert IV, yes, can you find the theory? Can you tell us a the theory? But diploma, can you apply it? And if I sat down with you as a trainer and asked you, why did you do X, Y, Z in your session? What's the theory behind that? And not just playing, oh, it was a good idea at the time. It was like, well, no, strategically, why was that the best option? And I think great trainers can think three or four moves ahead in the game of training. And that's why I love it because I'm always asking myself the question, how could I do what I just did differently and keep people even more engaged within the same session so that I'm always keeping people on the edge of their seat, wondering how it's going to play out, knowing that training is both an art and a science. And it's about creating a, a magical experience for the learners so they go away and Know they've learned something, but they've enjoyed the process as well. Mm. And I think advanced trainers, they don't just think about how much they can get through, but it's how magically they can deliver it. And really, they've got a deep curiosity for understanding the learning process. Mm. And I think it's not just how can I teach it, it's how can I help people learn it even faster and even easier.
1: Mm. What a great differentiation teaching versus learning yes yeah it's not about how I can teach it it's about how can I get them to learn this mm. so <clears throat> pardon me so there's a couple of things uh, that came out of what you just said that really resonated mm. and strangely enough learning theories and how you present them uh, as an experienced trainer almost subconsciously uh, because they're just in your system and and words like scaffolding came to mind, constructivist theory mm. came to mind. Old pedagogy and andragogy came to mind. I thought, oh yeah, and then of course all these pen principles, the mm. psychology, education, and neuroscience principles that we've been learning, um, and how to apply them. And I personally find it incredibly gratifying when I can come across uh, something in the class where I can actually apply it. Yes, you know, and and also like what you said there about uh, thinking a few steps ahead. You absolutely got it. Uh, mm. If if people are asking questions or they're doing an activity or uh, perhaps you're just actually lecturing at that m- moment in time, you're still thinking about, well, as soon as I finish this point, there can't be dead air, we've got to get to something else. And so what's the next thing we do? Oh, okay, well, I'm going to flip this around and get them to discuss this point, or yes. I'm going to go, okay, well, now that we've done that, get a piece of paper out and and uh, come up with a few ways that, that you can apply that. Yes. And without even thinking about it what is that doing what's well, giving them repetition it's giving them active recall it's it's uh helping them um depending on where they're going to be assessed it's also helping them with their um uh, what's the word not content context retrieval as well mm. so there's a lot of things that are coming to mind almost uh as i said subconsciously but how do you get to that point i mean sure do the diploma but there's a hundred hours worth of practice in there I think for facilitators and there's about 50 hours in the assessment side of things is that enough and and
0: um, and can it be enough mm, great question um my simple answer is no I think my answer is that if someone's embarking on this journey it's a lifelong journey and certainly the um, unit is a fantastic unit that really opens up new neural pathways of thought around the topic which i absolutely love i think for me um i just love to get curious and ask the question why And for me, you know, just to be authentic for a second, when I was going through high school, I was um, the slow guy. I was the person that took longer to learn things. I was the guy in primary school that needed the extra tuition and all the help. And I guess that's what really drove me to, you know, want to be a teacher or a trainer because I wanted to help the lowest common denominator, so to speak. But I guess it all comes back to my willingness to ask myself the question why. Mm-hmm. If, that student's, if that student is confused how did that happen if that student is struggling how did that happen if that student is overwhelmed How did that happen? And how can I prevent that going forward? So for me, um, topics such as scaffolding, topics such as sequencing, topics such as, you know, how do we prevent someone from being overwhelmed? You know, the idea of chunking, all these different things really appealed to me as a trainer. And I think it's the constant curiosity that's so important as a advanced facilitator. And I think maybe it's the the curiosity that is the huge distinguishing factor between a four and a diploma because at the four level, if you've been training for maybe two or three years, you've kind of got comfortable with your content. And then maybe you sort of fizzle out a little bit and you run out of ideas. Mm. And I think it's that curiosity that really takes you to diploma and beyond, so to speak, because you get curious, okay, that student is demonstrating that behavior or that student has shown up in that way. How can I use that to my and their advantage Mm. to help them get a better learning outcome? But I think it really comes back to that commitment to curiosity to really help the learning process, but also support the student.
1: Mm. Well, let's speak of chunking. Let's chunk this down. 100 hours, Mm. that's 20 hours of training a week for five weeks. Mm. If, uh, and what we see in the diploma, generally speaking, because these are experienced trainers, they go to us saying, oh, I've got evidence from the last, Few courses I've I've run. Great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. So you can prove that you've been facilitating 100 hours across different learning styles and across uh, different delivery modes and stuff, and that, and I hate saying this, ticks the box from an evidence perspective. But the recommendation would be, if time allows, and I say that because I know a lot of people want to get the diploma, you know, like that. They want to get it quickly because you know they can see it as a benefit to their career pathway. But to really enjoy the learning experience, why not? Do that theory, Mm -hmm. and then apply that for the next 100 hours, not the previous 100 Mm -hmm. hours. And for each of those 20-week blocks, apply two or three different theories, Mm -hmm. reflect at the end of each week, what happened, go to the next week, maybe have some extra activities or theories that you put into place, um, or principles. And I think, so my, my take on it is, I think that after 100 hours, if you do it that way, you can really seriously grow. I mean, there's gym workouts that go for eight weeks and you change your body. So why can't you change your mind in five? Mm. And I think that's um, maybe the approach that I would like to see more people who undertake the diploma take when it comes to their facilitation, rather than just say, well, I'm doing it all the time. I'll just get it from existing uh, experience because Mm. that's not really applying what you're learning. That's Well, it's just not applying what you're learning. Mm. Mm. So um, other than that, I think, uh, the other thing that you said that I th- I'd like to end this on is if we maintain our student focus and go into a class asking ourselves, how can we make that a better experience? Mm. I like the word magical that you use, mm. but a better experience for our learners. What can I do differently this time that I didn't last time? And do that for every single session that we run, whether it's virtual, face to face. Um, well, there's no real other uh, versions now. Online doesn't really count because you're not facilitating as much. Then, number one, you're going to get better. But number two, the end result is that you're going to have students that really enjoyed it, Mm. give the sort of feedback that you're talking about, and walk away with, with new knowledge that they can then apply. And let's boil it down. That's our job. It is. That's literally our
0: job. I think also just one thing with this topic is that I really grew as a trainer when I had to be able to replicate myself. Mm. And so part of the unit of competency, I believe, does have an element of coaching and mentoring other trainers and i think that is a critical thing in terms of leadership so you may be the greatest trainer on the planet but if you can't actually replicate in other people great skills as well and be able to pass on your training techniques then that's something to really think about as well so i guess for me um i guess when i'm talking to diploma students i do like to be talking to diploma students that may be in a supervisory role or maybe going into one where they are having coaching conversations Or mentoring conversation with other um, trainers in their organization or outside their organization about how they can improve as well. Mm. And I think when you get to a place where you've been training a while and then teaching other people how to train, then I think really – powerful thoughts open up and really strong self-reflection has to happen because you realize in order to know something, you have to be able to teach it to others. Mm. So I think when I'm talking to diploma students and people that uh, would like to start their journey as diploma students, I do want to be looking to have um, situations where they are in a position where they're influencing others as well, if that's possible. Mm
1: even in a classroom situation like with other with their I mean they're still influencing their uh, audience in one way shape or form Uh, so why not role model all the behaviors
0: definitely definitely
1: well Mark thanks very much for having a chat with us about advanced facilitation also the difference between uh, taking your skills from the cert four to the diploma and then really the diploma and beyond in other Mm. words don't just uh, apply it retrospectively look at how you can do it in the future and be a better trainer absolutely
0: thank you very much for your time